Welcome to NoClip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherford. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Night in the Woods, a game that was developed by Secret Lab and Infinite Fall and was published by Finji, released in 2017 on Windows, Mac OS, Linux, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and iOS. But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. So, uh, in classic form, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Night in the Woods is an adventure game. Um, and it reminded me of every game that we've ever talked about on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, if you just want to listen to every other episode of the show and skip this one, I think that's probably doable. Yeah, we've we've definitely called this out before, that we have a type and we keep doing games that mm-hmm. fit that type. But this is the most that type, I think. It's it's come to, like, a point yeah. <laughs> with this game. <laughs> I think, honestly, and I mean, this game came out in 2017, so... We're late on this one, technically speaking, mm-hmm. um, which is weird considering that we're saying right now, like, there's a style of game that we play like every game in the genre, and this is one of those, and yet we were just like, nah, not gonna do this one. Um, and I think there's a bunch of different elements that go into this game, because I've been aware of it for a long time, that... Uh, made us, we did want to play it and then just never kind of got to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I feel like I'm absolutely not in the right place for this game. And like right now I'm thinking back and going like, I feel like I would have loved this game if I had played it before we played every other game that's just like it. (laughs) It really hurt the experience for me. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, it there was a point uh, when it, there was this game made me think about this um, on multiple levels. But uh, when I moved back from from Morgantown, where we went to college, mm. um, and you were living there, you'd done so like a year or so before, um, and so we would hang out because we were both back home. And we would play games like in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I was like, this seems like one of those games that we'd have like stumbled on and like really loved. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I felt like if I had gone into it blind, like if it was just a game I plopped down on your couch and you're like, hey, I've heard of this. And we just put it on. <laughs> uh, like, I, just, I feel like a, that also factors in. I think I would have liked it a lot more. Because um, yeah, I think a lot of games we played at that time. I like a lot because I was just totally cold and knew nothing, any, anything about any of them. Yeah. It was like, there's no way in 2022 to play a night in the woods. If you are in the circle of games that we exist in mm-hmm. to going cold. Like I had an idea of this game's reputation years before playing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it kind of like, got to sit there and bake in. And then when I'm actually playing it, what I'm doing in my head is comparing it to a bunch of other shit, which isn't fair to the game. Like we should be judging things in isolation, but also nobody does that. And so so that will come up. I I have to say right off the bat to do a comparison and to sort of, I think slot this game in where 
I think it belongs as far as the hierarchy goes. When we did the episode on Oxenfree, I said, this is a good game that I would probably recommend 10 other games before I recommended it. This is that game that I would recommend before mm-hmm. Oxenfree. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad we're in such alignment, about, <laughs> like the stars in the sky. Uh-huh. Um, because I was thinking the same thing. Like This fared better than Oxenfree, because I know we talked about similar things with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like a game was super up our alley that we were a bit disappointed by. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, this definitely has more going on, more positives for it than that. Yeah, and it's a little bit different in... And we'll get into spoilers here uh, pretty much immediately. Uh, Oxenfree advertises itself as being sort of like a, having a supernatural element to it. It kicks off that game pretty quickly with uh, some unusual things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game doesn't really. It kind of gives off like a spooky vibe, which I, I think is what it wants to. But it's like a Halloween spooky, not like a horror movie spooky if that makes any sense yeah it's like it buries the lead um it's it's mainly like a personal drama or like exploration of like you know someone's like mental state in this situation Mm -hmm. and then like halfway through it's like this conspiracy narrative shows up so yeah it it is definitely uh a different beast yeah in that way and so i think that would be the one thing I would say that the, to saying that this is like a strict upgrade <laughs> over uh, Oxenfree. But yeah, if if you're more into the supernatural stuff, I think there are other games out there for you. But as far as this kind of a supernaturally tinged, mostly character-driven sort of story game, this is a very good one. And it's difficult for me to say <laughs> whether things that we played in the past are necessarily better or worse. I had that one very clear example for me, uh, but I don't know. I did enjoy playing it and it, I stuck with it all the way through and in a pretty short time frame. So uh, my first impressions are positive on it, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I think a good place to start, or at least a, a place I'd like to start, just get it out of the way, um, is that like the game's like relatability Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I, I too, like many, uh, young adults do moved away from home to go to college. And when I came back, like I never quite lost complete touch. Like I came back to visit my parents a lot, but like it, coming back to like the town you grew up in, like after college with like no immediate job, like, uh, lined up and you're just like living at home, not really doing anything. Um, and like, you know, like things have changed, like it, you can get in a really like sentimental mind state and be like, uh, the Kroger I used to go to as a kid, like I would ride in the car with my mom. It's not there anymore. And like, you can get a little sad in like a certain kind of headspace of like feeling like stuck in between moving forward and like also like backward isn't there for you either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this game really like captured that like super well. That to the point where, like, you know that, like, this is probably, like, a little bit, like, autobiographical for, like, at least a handful of the people who worked on it. Yeah. It just feels very personal. Yeah. One of the things that this game was sold to me on uh, originally, like, when I first started hearing about it, is just, like, this is one of those games that, like, 
handles uh like personal issues and mental health um in a way that is like believable like i guess is is down to earth and something that like people can relate to and can see themselves in and that was part of the reason why i never wanted to play the game i have a history of depression i don't really like to fucking think about it because it's in the past and it was a time that i don't love so uh I tend to steer clear of these things that talk about it in a very frank way, which is, I don't know, probably not healthy, but <laughs> it does make me like, I just avoid it. I don't, I have to be in a mood, you know, to be able to actually go back to that. And to me, this was relatable in a lot of senses, but it wasn't really that for me. I feel like May handles depression way better than I did. Because she actually, like, gets out of bed and goes and does things, mm-hmm. which is something I never did. Well, she so. doesn't get up till like, the afternoon. Sure. Which was also, like, relatable, I thought. Um, yeah, I, I do think that is something, at least for me, that also keeps it from being as relatable, e- even more relatable, is that, like, May kind of yeah, deals with things in, like, a, she, like, her social interactions are, like, not at all something, like, I would relate to, like, the way that she, like... <laughs> Um, digs deeper holes for herself or not things that I ever did mm. but uh, if, if the character was more like me yeah then I think it would hit home like even harder yeah and also that's kind of the other thing is like I was told in the past that this game handles depression but it's never explicitly said uh, if that is I, in fact I don't think that that is May's thing necessarily uh, yeah, it's more that, like, you could interpret it that she is, but it's never, like, stated that that's what's going on. So, right. yeah, I don't know if she would label it that way. But mm-hmm. I-, I think there's there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this the, this unwillingness to confront uh, sort of, like, the external factors in your life. Uh, May's very singularly focused on herself and her immediate surroundings. Uh and like when it's brought up that like why she left school and things, it's it's very confrontational to her. She doesn't want to address it. Um, and to me, that's kind of what reads as depression. But mm-hmm. she's wanting to hide from it. Yeah, but then when you go in the opposite direction, like it was stated that she went to therapy in the game for having a violent outburst, and it was like a dissociative uh, experience. She like had a period where she couldn't like separate her emotions from her actions and reality from fiction. And so I'm not a mental health expert uh, or a psychiatrist. So I don't know exactly what those are symptoms of, but to me it feels like it's tackling kind of a lot of things. If you look at the other characters, like uh, they all show signs of at least something, um, there's uh some anxiety in this game uh i think may's parents both have some level of anxiety it's uh i i don't know what you would call what b does other than his works too hard and like trapped in a certain like uh situation because of her family yeah i don't know there's probably some kind of word yeah uh some kind of a relationship term for that but but yeah, I think a lot of people can probably relate to at least somebody in this game. Yeah, yeah. It's like all the, like, maybe not literally all of them, but most of them 
have like are affected by living in the town like they either feel like embarrassed about it or like they shouldn't be there and they like want to leave or like you know there's like a bunch of different ways it like manifests but like everyone seems like at least they're uncomfortable with living there and at least in like some small way mm-hmm. yeah and and it gets like i think because those are the people that you interact with in the game is what makes the overall narrative arc of the game work as well as it does because our antagonists are the polar opposite of that um and <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later but i think it's it, it allows it, it lets you set up the game in such a way that you regardless of whether you initially relate to may and her friends eventually you will because of the storytelling and the fact that you spend the entire game with them and so it does a good job of making it so that you don't really have there isn't an the game doesn't present you with an option of siding with the people who really like the town mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you get to that ending, you don't feel like that option is like missing. You just know that it's the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes throughout the whole game. There are very few people who are just like gung ho about this small town uh, and just <laughs> and are sympathetic. Yeah. Like they just aren't there. For sure. Uh, so I guess. Um, I don't know if this is too big of a topic to jump into right now, but I guess I'll just try it anyway. Sure. Um, is I, I felt kind of like this had some similar like narrative um, bumps, like uh, something like Sally Face. And I was also thinking about it as like an inverse Firewatch for me, where it started out where it was like um, the like personal narrative that I was like into and then halfway it introduces a conspiracy narrative, and I kind of was like, I kind of want to go back to the personal stuff. Mm. Um, whereas in like something like Firewatch, I kind of wanted them to be treated equally. Mm. So it's not quite an inverse, but it just made me think of that. Um, and then, yeah, and like Sally Face, I thought, was a game that had like some cool personal things and supernatural things, and then it kind of just like spiraled into like a cult narrative, and it wasn't the greatest. I actually... Um... For the viewers and people who don't listen religiously to the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a common running gag is I don't take any notes. Um, one of the notes that I took on this game actually is on this topic. So, ah, well, there we go. Flawless. And I actually thought of it in a different way. I think that this game reminds me of, though I do want to address a few of those things uh, <laughs> and how this game handles it. But to me, the game that this reminds me of the most is Life is Strange. And it's because the game almost unique, like it's difficult because I want to say the word uniquely, but I don't mean it literally. I just mean that Life is Strange is uniquely good at making you care about the personal side of things, the character part of the narrative, and then also making you care a lot about the supernatural side of the narrative and making it so that you are always missing the other half when you get pulled away to do the other thing. Mm -hmm. It's like very few games have made me like (laughs) be in the middle of a, like some kind of UFO attack 
sci-fi thrilling moment and be like, I'm wondering what Chloe's thinking about right now. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I think they, they, they accomplished that by like tying the power to the characters like really early. Uh, like it's the power becomes like associated with like Chloe dying, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat and about like finding Rachel and like, you know, it's all like very well, like mixed together. Yeah. And I think that this game does a similarly good job, except the supernatural stuff kind of shows up all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the little tastes of it in the form of the arm and stuff. Right. And when that happens, I was surprised, and this is what kind of spurred it for me, is when I thought when I got to the part where it was explicitly present, when they were like, we're looking for a ghost, and like the hard fast situation, I looked back at the rest of the story and I was like, how did this game make me forget about the arm? Because mm. no other game would be able to do that that I've played. Be like, here's an arm on the sidewalk and you're going to spend a good long time looking at it. And then it's just gone. It's in the background. And then it faded completely away. And I was very invested in just what May was dealing with. Why do you say those things to be, May? That isn't the right way to do it. What about that arm on the ground? <laughs> like, they were two totally separate uh, fucking brainwaves. Mm-hmm. I was impressed by it. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah. I see. To me, like, they, it just felt like the arm is some foreshadowing. Like, pretty, pretty obvious foreshadowing. But, mm. like, that something's up. But, like, yeah, like... I, they just felt like so separate. It felt like such an abrupt shift once the kid gets kidnapped. Uh, I don't know. They just felt like very separate modes. Like even like there were parts like you could continue doing like B or like Greg's side stories, and then like the parts where then you would go investigate whatever. They did. They just felt like very separate to me and like not very like well like mixed together. Yeah, I mean I agree with that entirely. Like I don't think that they are much like the supernatural and personal narratives. I don't think that those two modes of thought are like mutually exclusive Mm -hmm. Uh, because I do agree. I think they separated almost entirely up until the very end. And, uh, but I think that their ability to make me care a lot about both halves of it are, is what I appreciated. Mm. I was, I was surprised that it was able to keep me invested in both without taking away from the other uh, in my head. Mm. I can see it being so separate that it does take away from one or the other, but... Yeah, Yeah, like, I didn't, like, hate that it was there or anything, but I felt super not invested in the cult, like, story. Super not truly (laughs) invested. Super not truly. Um, But yeah, it just stood out to me. It's, like, not particularly graceful, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we talking about next? (laughs) (laughs) My head went to two different places right now, and I think both of them are vastly inappropriate for right this moment. Okay. So let us, uh, do something else. Um, this game has you on a couple of occasions choose what you want to do in a given day. Um, and... I was curious because I genuinely don't know uh, if it makes you do all of them eventually or if they are actual choices. 
uh, because I don't know how many there are. Uh, and I have a, a much bigger point that I'll get to way later uh, about this. But I'm fairly certain that we did have differentiating paths through the game. Yeah, I, I did a little bit of reading on this. And you can't see everything in one playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, who you choose to spend time with like dictates like what you get to... like. Uh what scenarios you can find and some stuffs like depending on where you are on what day and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is, it is, um, they are actual choices of like what you do with your time. Hell yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get into it later. Um, <laughs> so did you find yourself in particular, I suppose, drawn to, any of the characters i mean the big ones in this are greg and b because mm-hmm. uh, you can't really choose to spend time with anybody else yeah you you can spend a little bit more time with angus a little bit later mm-hmm. but yeah it is like basically like yeah who's your best friend <laughs> uh greg or b mm-hmm. uh and i chose to spend time with b which um, means that greg was your best friend because all you do <laughs> when you're with b is just fuck her fights. up yeah um, yeah, cause I, I found her story the most interesting and I found Greg to be a little annoying. <laughs> so <laughs> I found Greg, I originally, I was just going to alternate. My biggest complaint with this system is that it didn't give you anything to go off of like into, and <laughs> this is like a complaint coming from me and may not be from anyone else, uh-huh. but like I would talk to both of them and they'd be like, uh, oh, work sucks. You want to hang out? And I'd be like, well, hold on. Hey, Greg, what's going on? He's like, "Uh, you know, work sucks. You want to hang out? I was like, what a choice. (laughs) (laughs) I've been blown away by the amount of depth in this uh, decision that I'm making. So I just went back and forth. I did B first, then Greg, then B. uh, And then I think it just ends at that. I think you could choose three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... The one thing I did with Greg, I'm happy I, I saw, I guess, uh, which was where I built a, a fucking animatronic robot. Uh, and then the other two things that happened with B seemed like a thousand times deeper in every conceptual way. Yeah, I, I did the same. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you, there are deeper things to do with Greg. I know I saw some clips, like there's a part where you like are on the back of his bike and he's taking you out to the woods or whatever, which I did not see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I got the, I built the pizza band robot with him and then later I went to investigate the uh, the historical society the building. That's the one I didn't do. Uh, okay, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, so... It did, yeah. It depends on like who you choose to spend your time with, like which which character has like the side quest or whatever you want to call it, the the story that you get to uh, experience with. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know that that whole thing. Like, I guess we ended up doing the same thing, so uh, not super <laughs> yeah. helpful in this particular discussion. But I think that that by itself kind of speaks to it because I don't know if I would call that I would say that Greg annoyed me. It just to me felt like Greg didn't necessarily need a bud around all the time. Whereas yeah, like, he's got a boyfriend. Yeah. The one time that both of us chose to go with Greg is the time that 
uh, Angus is gone. Yeah, he's out of town. And so we were like, oh, I guess now there's a reason to hang out with Greg, whereas before it just always seemed like B seemed to be in a worse mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, there is more to Greg under the surface. Like, it's implied that, like, he was your best friend, or maybe just explicitly stated, mm-hmm. um, growing up. And uh, it is revealed that he's bipolar. Um, I know B told me that, but, like, it, it he tells you that if you do his uh, his story. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got, like, some, like, issues and things and, like, reasons to pick him, too. But, like, B's are so much more obvious. Yeah. Like, Greg seems like he's perfectly content to just do whatever. <laughs> and B is miserable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that is true. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's part of the message of the game, right? Like, signs of mental illness are easily overlooked. Because, like, neither of us knew that Greg was necessarily bipolar until the end of the game. Um, But they chose to make his manic side seem like a cartoon character in a game where all the characters are cartoon characters. So it made it harder to... Like, I'm not looking... To pick up on. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not looking for bipolar symptoms in a... Is he a fox? Yeah. Yeah. In a fox. In a jacket. (laughs) That's not what I do normally. (laughs) Not that I was more looking for signs of mental illness in a uh, crocodile, Mm -hmm. but they said it with their mouth and their words. (laughs) Yeah, well, bees is less like mental illness and more just like problems, like like. I don't want to say regular life problems, but like financial problems and uh, problems with her dad and stuff like that. Yeah. And then the whole thing where she goes to parties at a college and pretends like she goes to that school. Mm-hmm. That is something going on. I don't know yeah. anybody who does that. No, but I, I feel like it made sense, though. Like she she can't she can't or didn't. Well, I guess she can't. Uh, go to college, so she like has like a friend who does that. She just like, goes to parties so she can like feel like she's normal. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was relatable too. I never done anything like that, but like I could see myself doing that. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine going to an event that is far outside of of my area. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the the thing that to me the thing that makes it seem. Like somebody who's very like low self esteem or whatever mm-hmm. is the lying about going to school there. That seems like it's a bit far. Mm, I don't know. It might just be yeah a difference in personality. <laughs> but like I could see like like you didn't go to college. All your friends went to college. Like you're you, more more or less like just kind of by yourself. Like, I can see, like, wanting to, like, go and pretend that you are a college student at a college party. Uh, like, you, when, like, at age, like, 20 or whatever, however old they are. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think it'd be something I'd ever, like, make a habit of. But I could totally see myself doing it in her shoes. All right. Well, there it is. <laughs> uh, but this is exactly why we all chose B and did not choose Greg. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that stuff works pretty well, and I think that's why there's a lot of strength in the 
uh, character-based parts of this game. Uh, whereas once it gets into some of the other stuff, like, this isn't really where we're talking about this kind of thing, but um, <laughs> the, the, the base supernatural thing that you're going to get more frequently throughout the game are the nightmare sequences, which just are the worst part of the game mm. because they're just the same kind of thing and they take a while to do and everything that they give you is really abstract, but which can be cool, mm. <laughs> but it's delivered in such a sort of low stakes clunky way then I was never engaged while I was doing it. I was just checking off items on a checklist and then going to a prescribed location. It didn't make me feel the weight of the situation. Uh, and I think made me crave that the character stuff a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked them at first. But yeah, I, I feel like a little bit of like variety would have gone a long way. Or like leaning into the abstractness more. Um, cause yeah, like each one, you just have to like find the four musicians and like light the lamps. Um, and, and you know, and that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah, cool idea that I like And the game does have platforming mechanics, um, which I thought was like fun thematically because you're a cat. Like at first I was like, why is this in the game? I was like, oh yeah, because like I'm a cat and I can like walk on the power lines. That mm -hmm. makes sense. And they do more with it than I think a lot of other games do. Like yeah. a game that I'm going to be talking about in the second half a little bit, Wander Song mm -hmm. has jumping in it, but like they could have just not had it and right. designed the levels differently and nobody would have thought anything about it. This at least like, they like the your friends are like oh well you should do that because you jump on shit right that's what you do so it's like built into your character as well so yeah it just it, they, the the dream sequences or like astral projecting sequences or whatever's happening in those um feel like they might have been there to like kind of try and justify those mechanics a bit more mm. uh even though they didn't really need to but that you know it's just my my two cents <laughs> I mean, that's probably the amount of uh, of brain money we need to spend on <laughs> the nightmare sequences uh, from a mechanical standpoint anyway. So mm -hmm. uh, I will bank those two cents. Uh, <laughs> what they actually do, though, like what their purpose is, is to sort of show you this like, I don't know how to best describe it. Menagerie of spooky ghost animals. Uh, yeah, there's like some like folklore-ish stuff going on. Like there's like a backstory to the town that you only get little snippets of. Mm. And it's like, I think it's trying to communicate that like May has some kind of connection to it. Mm. Um, but it, it never really goes into it, which is, I think, the right call. Um, but yeah. Like, story-wise, I think that's why they're in there. Yeah. But I think it does it does it in a good, in a good way insofar as it makes you keep your, like, mind open for the eventual, like, sort of a twist where things truly go very south. Mm -hmm. And, but, because prior to that, like, there's no real evidence one way or another that there's anything 
going on. No. Um, so the dream sequences do do that, and so I, I, I will give them credit for yeah, it. Yeah, I thought they were, were all just going to be, like, metaphor for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the arm is the one thing that makes you think maybe it isn't going to – maybe it wasn't a metaphor. Maybe it wasn't a metaphor. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's, it seems like it ends up not being metaphorical at all, but I, that's the direction I thought it was. Well, I'm sure that it is a metaphor in some way. Yeah, I mean, but like a, <laughs> like an, just an internal like representation of like her her struggle. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it is not only that at all. Mm-hmm. There is more to it to, uh, uh, to string it along. <laughs> but, but not that much more. Uh, because I feel like the bulk of of the entertainment value provided in this game does come from outside of that in the actual like game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yeah, fuck it. We'll talk about it now. <laughs> sure. Uh, the, I think the bulk of the entertainment comes from the writing, the dialogue, the characters, and not from having a bunch of stupid shit to do. Um, We often talk about early 2000s forced variety, Mm -hmm. uh, a term that you coined to describe when there's just like, fuck it, there's a swimming level in this game, and now you're in a spaceship doing a thing. Yeah, like PS2 era games did this a lot. Mm -hmm. Like there's like in Bayonetta has the one like Star Fox level where you're like riding a missile or whatever. Yep, there's lots of weird shit like that. a very good example of it. But indie games have now caught up to early 2000s force variety (laughs) and are just stuffing everything that they possibly can into the game. Uh, I found most of it to be pretty unnecessary though largely not a hindrance to the game uh but <laughs> i gotta say like the f- the finding the constellations in the stars mini game and pretty much any time that your hand was on screen mm-hmm. i was like i hate this and, <laughs> and wanted to go away <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that you didn't care. Oh yeah, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, like the the things I thought you were talking about were the uh were Demon Tower and uh and the band practice. Like in in my head, like the like the looking at the stars with the teacher and things like that, like were just part of the game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they. I would. Are... I didn't think of them as like separate mini games. Well, I wouldn't consider it a mini game. I do think that the the band practice and the, um, and Demon Tower both are more closely a mini game. Yeah, but they also have. D- different problems, I want to say, um, that really, all, if you add everything together, I, I still don't think it really detracts meaningfully from the quality of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of it's optional. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem with Demon Tower is I never felt compelled to play it. <laughs> like, I didn't know why I would want to. Yeah, I just, I really like top-down games, so, like, I would play it each night before going to bed, um, until I reached, like, floor seven, I think, and then I stopped, because I was like, I need to finish this game. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, like, there's no motivation to actually play it, other than, I I think the game puts 
that kind of stuff in there just to like ask the player like what they feel is worth spending their time on mm. um yeah cause, yeah and it's just all optional and it's just like whatever you feel like doing i think is like what they want like what their goal was yeah uh and like the, the band practice thing the my biggest problem with it is that it has uh it i was playing it on a pro controller and it has x and y buttons and i don't know where those are I had the exact same problem. Uh, I played on PC, and that's the only time I ever use a controller that has, like, Xbox, like, setup. It's a third-party controller, but it has, like, Xbox buttons. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, if I had been playing it on Switch, I don't think it would have been a problem. Cause, but, like, the fact that the X and Y are swapped fucked me up. Yeah. I just, because I played a lot of games using an xbox style layout Mm. and a lot of games playing a nintendo style layout i just don't know where they are on either controller it's just a total mystery to me at all times uh and so playing it was like just hoping that i would press the correct button (laughs) uh that being said the only time that anyone openly criticized my performance at a band practice was on that last song that seems designed to ruin your day pumpkin head guy yeah uh um yeah i i almost wish that the xbox controller was just colors because i can remember that blue is on the left and yellow is at the top and it should make sense that like y is yellow uh, just because it starts with it, and then X is the blue one. But in the moment, I can never remember. Right. <laughs> just completely shot. Yep. Yeah. Also, you can't read the lyrics when you're pl- if you're trying to play the the bass correctly. I yeah. That I thought that was strange as well. Mm-hmm. Like, why why put them in there if you can't read them? <laughs> yeah, or like put it. You have a notebook in the game as like a diegetic menu put the lyrics in the notebook so that you can go back and read them later mm-hmm. because I wanted to know what any of the songs were about, but also I have far too much pride to not try and play the song perfectly. Yeah. Like <laughs> it felt like, like they were catchy too. Like I remember I did catch pumpkin yeah. head. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good. Uh, I wish I knew what any of the other words were. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just because the game doesn't have voice acting, it's weird for them to put yeah. it in in a song. Yeah. But that almost even would have felt appropriate, like as a break from the rest of the game, to have had like someone actually record, like some kind of classic indie voice, indie uh, band voice uh, vocalist come in and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy from uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery who said the one word <laughs> that's spoken aloud in that game. Yeah, I think he just is like, what? <laughs> he can do all that. That's yeah. fine. But uh, yeah, no, I, I also noticed that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little strange. <laughs> um, I have a wider point about all of those things. Okay. And mm, uh, mm, it probably won't take more than five minutes, so let's talk about it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, this is a thing I've, I've mentioned before. I don't know if it's been on the podcast that I have like a video essay brewing in my head about games that have multiple endings. But I think that this is an example of a game that 
actually, once again, a lot like uh, Oxenfree, kind of wants you to play it more than one time inside of a game that I would never in a billion years play a second time. Uh, that's probably not true. In one billion years, <laughs> I will have forgotten enough about this game that I will play it a second time. But, like, it is such a narrative-focused thing that I don't want to jump back into it. And, like, I fed those rats a pretzel. <laughs> I don't know what happens after that because I never went back there. I talked to the preacher once, I think. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff in this game for you to run around the town and do, which seems like a valiant effort, but <laughs> there's... To me, it felt like there was never much incentive to go do it, and I felt like there were a lot of things that I only picked up on later in the game that I would have necessitated me going back through in order to realize, and whenever those panned out, was it going to be worth playing through the game again? I wager no. I think there's an audience for this kind of stuff, but I am squarely outside of it. <laughs> yeah, I think I largely agree, but also have like a different takeaway. Because, um, yeah, like there is a lot of stuff that you'll miss, and it you do have like a sense of it. It does seem like there are certain things that like you aren't in the right place at the right time for. And like, you know, like the granny in the underground tunnel says to come back and talk to her but then she's like not there ever <laughs> um so yeah there's definitely you can tell like there's stuff that's not going on um but this game actually doesn't really have multiple endings mm -hmm. like you do get like a different scene at the end depending on which character you spent more time with and i don't know i feel like i liked that like i i like that it left like things open it felt very much like do what you want to do and it didn't feel like i was like pressured to like go do everything and to get the true ending like it felt like it lacked that sort of like pressure or like self-awareness of the multiple endings in a way that like i felt satisfied with what i saw and don't really feel bad about like having to play it like feeling guilty or feeling that little bit of a pull to want to play it again <laughs> But mm -hmm. knowing that I'm never going to. Like, I didn't have that with this game personally. Okay. I think that's probably fair. Um, I, I think the biggest... But the... I agree with your larger point that I also don't really like how popular it is to have multiple endings in games that you're not going to play again. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, and I knew at, in my heart of hearts that this game did not actually have multiple endings. But it was just that, like, breadcrumb trail of other stuff that feels like... Like, because there are people out there who are big Night in the Woods fans. These are the people most likely to be listening to this podcast without having heard anything else that we've done. Yeah. So my intention is not to piss you off. Mm -hmm. uh, who will want to do things like, you know, find the end of the story of every character in the town. Beat Demon Tower. Uh, that does have multiple endings, apparently. <laughs> Can you play Demon Tower more than one time in one playthrough of the game? I don't know. It looks like Night in the Woods does have multiple <laughs> endings. Uh, it's just in the middle of the game and accessible from the second day. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, but... 
I just don't engage with that kind of stuff. And yeah, this game didn't pull me in that direction. I, I really like parts of it. I like being rewarded for exploring, Mm -hmm. but the thing that I want to be rewarded with is not a job to do. Like when I found the window that you can open that goes into the storage room with the busted float in it, I was like, yeah. And then it was like, look inside. And she's like, oh, look, there's some mice in here. I should get them something to eat. And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) don't make this go on to the point where it loses its novelty. And that was kind of how I felt about most of the stuff Hmm. uh, that wasn't main story content. And I don't know. To some people, this is a playground and something that they would really enjoy. But to me, it just isn't that. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sympathize. Do you want to play ground our opinions with a little bit of time off and then talk about the other stuff? After the break. Uh, yeah, sounds good. All right. For the record, no, it didn't sound good. That was a stupid <laughs> joke. <laughs> Welcome back. I wanted to touch on... I don't know if you had a thing you wanted to jump on right away. No, you go for it. Uh, That there's a... I forget when we talked about this. Uh, But we have talked about it in the past. Sort of a homogenation of the, like, art style of these type of twee indie games. But I wanted to call out this game for, like, bordering (laughs) on that, but actually being super good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does more of its own thing. Um, Because I, as somebody who is a graphic designer and works a lot with, um, with Illustrator, I really like to see games that have, like, either vector art or digital illustration as their art and Mm -hmm. not pixel art. Um, I know, like, pixel art and 3D models get used a lot because they're more convenient, um, like, more, like, integration into, like, the engines uh, that people use. Mm-hmm. But I just I just love the look of it, like, something like a Hollow Knight or an Ori or, like, this, uh, where it's, like, a hand-drawn, like, art style. You just really get a lot more of, like, the personality okay. of the artist in the, uh, in the art. Yeah. And I like that they went with uh, that sort of, like, lineless... Uh, style mm-hmm. where everything is just sort of a shape. It took me like a while to even really notice it because that's kind of when that style is done well, you don't immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it gives the characters, you notice that the characters have these distinct silhouettes uh, that differentiate them from each other. It's why our principal characters are all different species. Uh, because it's really easy to tell them apart and give them a little personality sort of based around their visual look. Mm-hmm. I always love the sideways head thing. Yeah. Um, that just reminds me of like drawing as a kid and like not knowing how to like draw the nose on the front, so you just put it out the side of the head. <laughs> um, I really like that B's always smoking a cigarette, mm-hmm. because at first I couldn't tell if it was a cigarette or a lollipop based on the art style. Yeah. I was impressed at 
I mean, I don't know if impressed is the right word. I liked their dedication to the bit because it seemed like it she would put it out when you would go indoor places, mm-hmm. but it she didn't. And I was like, okay, so it's just like a part of the model and that's how they're going to do it. And then later in the game, there's a part where it becomes pitch dark and it light, you can see the light of the cherry as she goes by. And I'm like... Man, they really were like very aware of it being there, yeah, <laughs> but and, not so much that they remove it ever. And I have to wonder because, like, part of the reason I thought it was it might be a lollipop is she never takes it out of her mouth or like takes a drag on it or anything, mm-hmm. uh, or you see her like lighting a new one or anything like that. And I was like, is that because the arms are too short? <laughs> to like actually have her do that and they realized that thought it was funny and like decided to make it a thing that it's just always there she never really smokes it or they just didn't want to animate it like i i wonder, I wonder like what led to that or if it's just a joke yeah <clears throat> or, or what combination of those things yeah a little bit a little bit of columns a through double e mm-hmm. uh it's yeah, it that definitely also struck me. I would say the one character that I found there was a a breaking point for me, mm-hmm. uh, and it was right at the end of the game. Thank God that I realized that Greg's eye was directly in the center of his head, mm. uh, and so he just looks like a cyclops with a mouth on the side of his head. And it took me, and I couldn't unsee it after mm. that. It was that's just what Greg was to me. Uh, <laughs> from that point on, that's very funny. <laughs> but I would say that's the only time that it didn't really land. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the color palette's really nice too. Like you get like the autumn colors, which makes everything feel like warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like back in the hometown, um, and then it gets to contrast a little bit with like the. Like the more blues and purples of the of the titular night in the woods, <laughs> one uh, of the titular nights in the woods. Yeah, yeah. You do end up going into the woods at night on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. and was like, I was like, oh, I was really hoping this would be more definitive. But then they do go into a little bit of deep lore, where the night in the woods is in reference specifically to uh, whatever it is that that play is supposed to be about. Oh, yeah, like the founding of the town. Yeah. So, there's... Yeah, it is referenced there. And then it is also, like, at the end of the game where you get, like, shot at and are in, like, a mini coma. And there's the party early on where you drink too much and throw up. Yep. Which one is it? It's all of them. <laughs> it's Yep, that's the secret. They were all the same. Time is a closed circle. Um... <laughs> Uh, this game takes place over one day, multiple times. <laughs> Just like in times. Kentucky Road Zero? <laughs> yes. Um, but that's all I had on visuals, for mm. what it's worth. I thought it looked good, and I agree with the color palette comment. That's something that I would have wanted to say if I had thought of it. <laughs> so good job. So I'm glad you thought of it, Chad. Yeah, I'm, I'm a genius. Um... <laughs> Another dumb little thing in uh, kind of line with the cigarette thing is that there. This is uh, this has the Pluto problem, where it's a town full of anthropomorphic animals, and there's also animals running around. Yeah, 
I definitely had noticed that as well. I think even characters reference having pets as well. And I I would have definitely remembered if somebody said that they had a cat. There are cats, like <laughs> like actual animal cats. Mm-hmm. Which makes you wonder now, are the animals in the game, like in the the graphic novel Mouse, mm-hmm. just a metaphor for di- different people? May's a risk taker, so mm-hmm. she's a cat. Uh, that's the only one yeah, like, that makes Greg sense. Is a fox, so he's gay. Uh huh. <laughs> like all foxes. <laughs> Which is why they went extinct hundreds of years ago. Uh, you know, but you could make the <laughs> argument about uh, Angus being a bear mm-hmm. because he is gay. But there are also, I believe, not gay bears in the game. <laughs> which, which means the metaphor doesn't necessarily work mm. uh, fully. Also, probably not good optics of making all gay people one species of animal Mm. and i'm not really i didn't think that one out but i feel like that probably isn't a thing you should do um not canceled (laughs) preemptively uncanceling uh angus is cool as a character and i feel i feel like I had one scene mm-hmm. with him, and then he went back into the background for the whole game. And, uh, I don't know. That sucks. They gave him, like, a real deep backstory. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and all that stuff with his parents. I guess part of it is him just not wanting to talk about it. Yeah, it's, like, really heavy. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like I'm having, like, memories of a similar conversation we had, but I cannot remember what it was. So I guess pointless referencing of nothing, but uh, it, it feels like v- very heavy to just kind of like dump on you in such a short span of time and then never bring up again. Was it the Life is Strange three text message thing? It's possible because that's kind. of... I feel like it was old. It was longer ago. Than uh, that. It was longer ago than that. But yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Angus is cool. I did do the part where I went up the hill with him and we looked at constellations. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like, I feel like just like a little bit different in style than the other characters. Cause he's got the glasses for his eyes, but like, he is like very cute with his little hat and his little tie, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would have also liked, uh, him to be promoted to like a third more important character that you could choose to spend to be your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's implied sort of in the game. Uh, I think he's a, he's Oh no! So I they put on the at least in the Switch version of the game the option to play their early released stuff, mm. um, and one of which is that find the constellation scene, but with all of them, it's called the uh, longest night. Yeah, yeah, I think that was like a Kickstarter thing. Yeah, and yeah, on PC you had to download them separately, so I did not play them. Damn. Uh, I think, anyway. I, I don't think they were in the version of the game that I have. Well, that one isn't particularly important. It gives a little bit of backstory to the characters that may or may not actually be real backstory, because I think the characters changed a bit in development from sure, when that came sure. out. Um, but I believe that Angus is supposed to be a little bit older, uh, 
I know Greg is older than you are, and uh, and also B. So, uh, I think maybe just like May didn't have a relationship with Angus prior to. Yeah, I think that is in the text. Yeah, but I don't remember specifically, which is why he doesn't get quite as much of a part. But I don't know. I talked to him at the video store every day just mm-hmm. to make sure he was doing all right. <laughs> Same. Yep. So another character that we have not talked about yet is um, your uh, May has an aunt, which I can't remember. If she has a name. I um, I think it's Molly, which is why they call her Mall Cop. Uh, but I also may have headcanoned that myself after having played the game for well, a little bit. That is very good, so I'm just going to call her that. Okay. Uh, so Molly, I, I feel like, I don't know if her character is supposed to be a little bit of a red herring or if I missed something, but it really feels like they're setting it up for her to like come save you, like in the mine, like from the cult, and it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It felt like there was like some kind of... Like, um, like payoff to like the friction between the two of them that was being set up, and it just never, never paid off. Well, I said that I headcanoned her name into being Molly. Uh-huh. But that's not the only thing that I headcanoned in this game. Uh-huh. I think she's one of the cultists. Mm. I don't necessarily know that to be true, but she always just tells May to be careful without ever specifying the nature of the danger that she might be in Mm -hmm. um, and never really talks to her about everything. She does follow up on with her about the arm, Mm -hmm. which I think may prove that it's not right. But to me, it seems like she has a vested interest in keeping the town afloat more than most people because it's her career and it's a career that is like, central to the town Mm -hmm. may's dad can hawk salamis in a different grocery store without much issue i i feel like that the mine collapses though at the end and i thought like all the cultists definitely died you think all of the cultists like how could they have gotten out well i thought maybe some of them weren't in the mine oh i guess that could be or they're in the cahoots with the (laughs) cops i guess but um to me, she Molly felt like a like genuine cop, and I felt like the game, my headcanon anyway, was that like they were trying to express that like we as a society like have like a warped view of how much power cops actually have, and the fact that like she's not able to like, really do anything, and like it takes her days to follow up with the arm, and like how like she wants to like believe her but like she I don't don't know I feel like it's just like she can't just be a hero or she can't just like go confront like whatever danger like May claims is there I don't know I feel Mm -hmm. like there was supposed to be some kind of friction between like expectation and reality of what cops do sure Uh, to me I feel like they separate her to to me like my reading of it is that they separate her almost entirely from the rest of the police force because mm-hmm. they don't exist in the game. Yeah. Um, and to me, it feels like... I had a negative view of Molly, whose name still might not be that, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a lot because there are these situations where May was obviously in distress and her reaction is always just to take her home 
and never to to look into things. So the obvious one is after Harfest, where she uh, follows the guy, her, her ghost, mm-hmm. up the hill, and then Molly conspicuously shows up because she's a cultist. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And she's like, there's a ghost, or they took a, somebody took a kid, mm-hmm. they're right up that hill. And she's like, no, there isn't, and then takes her home. Uh, even not reading it in my stupid way, I think that, it, to me, like it, it, it seems like more of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, her aunt does not have like a level of respect for May because of her past and Mm -hmm. that is why she just goes collects her and takes her back and is like stop doing these things Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i didn't read it as a metaphor in that kind of a way i read it more of a just like in a almost an estranged family member i i agree too like there i think i think it goes both ways that like i don't like may obviously doesn't respect her either yeah um, so yeah, I feel like there's like, there's like a tension there, like, cause they are related that like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, I don't know. I feel like she's good intention, but like, she's like, you know, like jaded mm-hmm. as a cop, I think. And also like, doesn't trust May because of her past, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Plus if May has been hanging out a lot with B, she might be sipping on some of that, <laughs> Some of that red Kool-Aid, eh, comrade? You picking up what I'm putting down? Uh, and may not have the trust for any cops, really. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, that also could, could play a part in it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I did not read her as a cultist, but mm-hmm. it is a fun theory. <laughs> We're stacking up my fun she, theories like, that aren't real. She's like the, uh the their guy on the inside that they pay off to keep the the cops off their backs i'd believe it and the people they kill and get rid of are all troublemakers causing trouble for the cops Mm -hmm. can't eat them donuts like the (laughs) cops like you know uh much like a donut there's a hole in your theory (laughs) Uh, so that's that part of the podcast. <laughs> How are you guys liking it so far? Um, I guess something that I should have mentioned on the first half, but like missed my opportunity for, um, just like exploring the town, I think is, um, I think it's like a decent size and I like that there's like, um, different levels to it like with the power lines and stuff that you can like walk around on and explore mm-hmm. um but this game is like 10 hours long and i think it would have benefited for there being like some shortcuts to get around a little quicker um like i don't really mind like walking around because like that's what the game is like you go around the town and you see what's who's where and who you can talk to and what you can do um but yeah by like like once you get later into the game like maybe like like once the cult thing shows up and, like, you maybe want to, like, get, like, a little bit more, like, oh, I want to go do this and go do this and go do this. I, I think it would have benefited a little. 
cut through a backyard or something, however you want to contextualize it. Yeah. And shortcuts absolutely would have been the way to do it. As or, like, have a character to... with a bike that you can, like, jump on the back and they take you somewhere. I could see that. I, th- I think shortcuts work better than, like, a fast travel system here mm-hmm. because it does, like, it feels more natural and, like, you can play up the fact that You've you've got that cat like agility mm-hmm. and are jumping fences and whatnot. Yeah, it stood out to me because of the tunnel. Kind of felt like it was gonna be a shortcut, mm-hmm. like when I first found it. But it just doesn't. It just cuts under one part and puts you out like exactly where you would be if you were above ground. Yeah, and the part that it puts you past is where the old pickaxe is. Yeah, is where B uh, works. <laughs> And more like lives. Yeah. We're being crushed under the capitalist (laughs) society, uh, as B would say. And uh, you, and so if you take it as if it was a shortcut, which it was kind of a shortcut for me, because when I'm walking from point A to point B, I'm just jumping constantly. Mm -hmm. And I'll always end up like standing on a mailbox for a second or whatever. Yeah. So just having none of that does actually save me time. But, uh, then if you inevitably want to talk to B, because you talk to every, like, all three of your main dudes every day, you have to then go through a loading screen, and then another loading screen to go back to where she is, and then a loading screen again to get back to where you are. It's just inefficient. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you brought it up, because I feel like if I brought it up, it would be like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> too on brand. Yeah, it would be too expected. Yeah, like, it didn't bother me that much. It's just something I thought about. It was the tunnel that really made me think about it. Mm-hmm. It just feels like this, it feels like it's masquerading as a shortcut and it isn't. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it plays into what we were talking about in the first half with there's a lot of stuff in the town mm-hmm. and there needs to be room for that stuff and to be spaced far enough apart that it actually feels like you're discovering something. Yeah. But the knock-on effect is that if you're me and you're not trying to do all of the side content, you end up just running down the street every day. Except Selmers. Selmers is the realest bitch. The poet? Yeah. Uh, Selmers is the best character in this game. <laughs> uh, and I did talk to her every day. Me too. Uh but that's it, really. The, other than that, I just ran past. I started occasionally talking to the guy on the porch because oh, I yeah. discovered that he doesn't always just tell you to leave. Yeah, I think every character that like I ever talked to, I talked to each day that I could. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, like I, I, I felt like I didn't want to miss stuff, but I feel like I still missed a lot of stuff. So yeah, well, yeah, like I remember, like I found the teens. Yeah, the goth teens on the cliff. Um, oh yeah, and they tell I live for them. Yeah, and they tell you to find three pentagrams, and I then they have the first one. So you really are finding two pentagrams. And I found the pentagram in the party sequence. That's a secret handshake. Right. But I don't know where the other one is, and I don't know how I would have. You never saw them again. Well, I saw them uh, again in the sequence where we, where you go to the graveyard because they're like mm-hmm. just there. Um, yeah, I didn't get that part, so I want to <gasps> uh, maybe have you tell me what happens there. But, uh, uh, but like, I don't know how I was supposed to. I, I don't think that you are. I just randomly stumbled across the pentagram handshake. Mm-hmm. I'm. 
I don't think, as far as I can tell, there were no clues as to how to find it. I don't know how I would find the third one. It was just deeply unappealing to me to wander around entirely blind to go get stuff. Right. Uh, so, yeah, the town's too big. <laughs> yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about those characters. Mm-hmm. I never saw them again. Okay. So, did you not go to the graveyard? Yeah, I wanted to. But the time I went, like, after, like, once that, like, option had opened up to go explore the three locations, I went to hang out with B, and it was the party sequence. Right. Yeah. And then I went and I hung out. I had already hung out with Angus mm-hmm. and gone to the Constellation Hill. And then, so I hung out with B and went to the party, and then the next day I hung out with Greg, because I didn't know I couldn't do all three. Yeah, and went to the Historical Society. And I went to the Historical Society. Yeah, so I, don't, I didn't go to the Historical Society. I guess it's just do two, is the way that you do it. Yeah, you uh, can only do two. Yeah, so I, I did I did B's and then Angus's. This is my second. Um, the, the graveyard sequence is, I don't know, it's pretty decent. I think there's a bit of filler in it mm-hmm. in a way that I wasn't a big fan of. The first part of it is B goes to talk to her mom in the way that Rex uh, talks yeah, to yeah, his. Yeah. Um and yeah, like at the at the grave. And I think that the scene could have been really good if it was she goes and talks to the grave and you guys have a moment. But she says go away mm-hmm. and do other stuff while I do this. And so the game's other stuff is it makes you go brush leaves off three gravestones and have a pointless conversation with the guy who is the gravedigger there, Mm. uh, which is like one lukewarm joke and like a mild implication that maybe there was something that went on at the graveyard at some point. And it just takes a little bit of time and Mm. it doesn't genuinely bring up much of use to you. Uh, but then it goes into the good part where you crest a hill and the goth kids are in the graveyard and they ask you these series of questions. You have to answer their riddles three. And one of the things that they ask is, what is your most embarrassing experience? And B is just like, one time I farted in front of the whole class or whatever. And then you get the option of saying this one time in junior high school this one time in high school, this one time in college. Uh, And I chose this one time in high school, and she tells this story about prom with whatever his name was, that kid that you see at the party. Yeah. Uh, And how (laughs) the reason that she has, uh, that she's so awkward around him is they went to prom together, and uh, she, (laughs) she bit his lip so badly that it wouldn't stop bleeding Mm. during their first kiss and then she puked on him in the bathroom and then was like eating peanuts or something there's like this big long story it's really well told uh and i i should like look up what the other two options are because the the fact that they could come up with anything that would be a believable response to that question that isn't that one mm. is it just is this whole thing. Uh, and then you go dig a skeleton up out of the ground and it jump scares you. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I thought the graveyard was great after the first boring part. Mm. Um, the historical society with Greg um, has like an actual, like kind of like scary moment 
when you get there, he's like, hold this flashlight and I'm going to pick the lock because you're breaking in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it has him like doing it and you're holding the light for him. And then he's like, turns around over his shoulder, like, because it's like a, like a hill and then like the, the building over here. And then you have to like shine the light up at the hill to like see what's there. And then there's nothing, so you go back, mm-hmm. and he's doing it for a little bit, and then he turns around again, and then like you know, and then eventually an owl comes down and like swoops. Uh, uh, you get a jump like scare a, too. It is a jump scare, and it's but it's a, like a really like good moment, like yeah. making you like have to like be the one that moves the light to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was actually pretty good, um, but you just kind of go around the building. Like, it uh, kind of reminded me of like a more classic adventure game style thing where you're like going into rooms like you have to get like a paper clip because he like breaks his lock pick or whatever and you had to pick another lock mm. so you had to like get stuff to do that um yeah god what do you even find there <laughs> <laughs> you find like a like a map of the town like an old map of the town um and then like you you find some kind of like document i don't remember what it is I don't think it was that important. Yeah, I th- if I remember correctly, the historical society thing would have been the ghosts related to the mine massacre. Yeah, yeah, and then the in the graveyard, the thing that you're specifically looking for is uh, Lil Joe or something. I forget what his name is, but it's like an old folk tale mm-hmm. about somebody who was buried there, and that's whose skeleton that you end up not digging up. It's a sinkhole. Uh, hmm. has occurred and you accidentally break the ground. Um, but that is, yeah, like I think the different things that you find in the newspaper section right. lead to the different places. Honestly, the one that we both did, I don't remember what that was supposed to be at all. Oh, with, um, with, with Angus. Angus. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, you just seem to go up there and look at the stars. And to me, that was like one of the more frightening parts is that sequence where he's just like, well, there's, there's somebody like watching there. Yeah. yeah. You also, you get chased out of the building, uh, the historical society by one of the, the cult guys. Mm-hmm. You had to like run down the fire escape. Damn. The cult guys were there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> More like the cops. Wow, ah, that's where all the cops were. <laughs> did you ever get your dad to move the uh, boxes in the crawl space? I did. I couldn't figure out how to get him to actually do it. Uh, you just had to keep asking him. Oh, okay. I asked him once and then gave up. Oh, <laughs> no, you have to ask him like every night for like three days. I think. Oh, that's ridiculous. At least, and then he'll do it. Um, yeah, it 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 unlocks like the stairs down to the basement i think which doesn't make any sense that the stairs to the basement are on the second floor yeah yeah um but yeah there's a safe down there and then you can find the combination to it on the bookshelf um in the hallway and then there's a tooth inside and then later you can just give the tooth to your dad at the end and it gives you an achievement for it it's like your grandfather's tooth or something no that's it's, what happened in my game. No, no, no. I, that I'm, that is what happened. You're correct. Um, that's interesting information for me. I think it also um, unlocks something you can do with Greg that I didn't get to do, uh-huh. um, as far as I know. <laughs> uh, there's a one of the newspaper articles talks about, and I think is directly related to the cult. Uh, 
there was there was a, a workers squabble mm. where a guy insulted this one of his workers and it got it became a like an employer and it became like a, a physical fight and he knocked out the guy's one tooth uh. and the article was like and everyone knew how proud he was of his one remaining tooth uh, and so all the other workers tied the boss down and pulled all of his teeth out with a pair of pliers. Uh, and then each of them kept one of the teeth, ah. which means that the tooth that's in the safe is it, one of his teeth. Yeah. And it's like a membership in a club, essentially like a workers union, but like a weird one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I know like your dad like quit his job and like, yeah, it probably went into like a like a little bit of implication there. Yeah. Um in your conversation, but I just don't remember what the dialogue was. Yeah. I mean, knowing that, I had to read all of the newspaper articles, which yeah. I don't blame anyone for not doing. But that's the shit that I like. I don't want to go through your rigmarole of finding all the stuff. <laughs> just give me a bunch of shit to read and I'll happily consume it like a mm-hmm. idiot. Uh <laughs> Uh, so that's cool. I'm glad that there were... So I complained maybe two seconds ago about <laughs> there being a bunch of stuff that you have to do work to understand. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that we were able to have meaningfully different experiences with parts of the game because of that stuff. So I guess you win some, you lose some there. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, do you want to talk about the ending of the game? I sure do. Um, so I feel like it, it ends kind of like abruptly, personally, uh, like you, you have the confrontation with the cult uh-huh. and you escape and, um, May has her like her closure. She realizes like she needs to like accept like moving on and, you know, like she, um, it seems like she overcomes like whatever's been like uh, her pro- her personal like issues have been, and that like I, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But like it just it feels like the cult stuff is kind of left hanging. Like like there's like the scene at the end where you're at band practice and you're like are are they still out there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and it, <laughs> it just kind of ends. Yeah, without that resolved, and I guess that's like fine. It in a certain way, but it's also kind of like uh, okay, and it's also kind of like implied like that since they uh, collapsed the mine and now the deity or whatever that was down there can't be like uh, satiated or whatever mm-hmm. that the town is just like doomed uh, if you know if that stuff's to be believed and it just kind of leaves that stuff up in the air. Yeah, I kind of think. It's funny because I agree with those things, and I also felt like, not the opposite, that's not how I would describe this, but I felt like the game left a lot of things open, which could be good, could yeah. be bad. I think it handled like the personal narrative stuff well. Sure. I don't mind if you leave stuff open there, but like the, I just feel like the implications of like leaving the cult undealt with is just kind of weird. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, cause I found the epilogue to be like kind of meandering where you just sort of walked about and mm-hmm. listened to people yap for a bit that didn't, 
it didn't do all that much for me. Um, but if you consider the cult storyline to be wrapped up, then your reading is that the villains that you've been chasing for half the game were just crushed by rocks. And you didn't really have anything to do with it. Yeah. It just happened. It's like your villain gets brushed away off screen. So the charitable reading to me is like, that happened, and the cult is dealt with, mm-hmm. and the town is doomed, and, uh, you know, like, your dad still hates his job and wants to quit, your house is still in jeopardy, uh, Greg and Angus are still moving away, B is still feeling crushed under the the weight of work, life just is bad and has to go on. Uh, but then there's this supernatural goat demon <laughs> that lives under the town and is dooming it to uh, squalor or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, to me, a little bit undermines the kind of thing that I think... My, uh, yes. Undermines? <laughs> Literally? <laughs> You know, I didn't think of it. Uh, <laughs> um, but it undermines the things that I think that, like, Firewatch did so well, where it sort of presented this narrative of being, like, life has its ups and downs, and not everything is wrapped up in a nice, seamless little bow. To Like, this game feels like it has that same sentiment, maybe a little bit more negatively tinged, and then, but then also includes like the fucking Doom Patrol scissor men, like an <laughs> inevitable apocalypse that is occurring. Yeah, it's there's because there's so many threads, I think. Like with Firewatch, it's more focused. Mm. Um, and like each thing is resolved. Like there wasn't a creepy guy watching you. Well, there was, <laughs> and it was, but it was a guy who you knew who it was, and he had the son. Yeah. And like everything is like, resolved yeah it's wrapped up you know yeah yeah, it's not nice and neat but it is resolved and in this it's like nothing is resolved yeah (laughs) but it kind of like it feels like it's wrapping up like oh the taco place opened up like you know like (laughs) Mm -hmm. things are maybe things aren't so bad but then things are still so bad the things are terrible yeah it it feels like it has like this tone of like an ending yeah but that's like kind of going in uh opposition to like what's actually happening Mm -hmm. like i feel like i would like it if everybody felt like they were a little bit more personally fulfilled and like considered themselves winners and victors while there's this looming threat of destruction in the background from a supernatural source or everything is is bad but that's also kind of the way that it always is but at least we dealt with the supernatural thing actually but it's neither of those it's both of them and (laughs) combined it's just like almost like a crushing pressure of, of all of these things uh on top of each other and i mean that's an emotion so it did succeed in making me feel something i guess yeah i think something like where like the cult is more like definitively dealt with like Mm -hmm. you have like some kind of like oh like we can have molly be like filling out her police report and like all these guys were found dead in the mine or whatever Mm -hmm. um which is what she would be filling out because they weren't found dead in the mine she was covering it up but um (laughs) so you have that more definitively dealt with 
And then there's the looming threat, like you said, of the supernatural thing. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like a good ending to, like, a horror movie where they show the shots of, like, the empty mind. And it's like, <laughs> dun, dun. And they show, like, a, you know. Yeah. I can just imagine it in my head. And, like, that's cool. But then, like, yeah, I feel like you also need, like, B to, like, have at least, like, some kind of, like, a... Uh, her maybe her dad starts working again. Or like you need like you need like a little bit more of a win to balance it out. Like and then then you also still have the looming threat. Like things are maybe a little getting a little better. <laughs> you know, like it needs like a little bit more balance. Yeah. And I bet there's an argument that we're like missing the point, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah. No. Me too. Like I feel like. Well, yeah, Firewatch is a really good example. Like, I think you can execute something that like like that well, but like I think you do need to like resolve things in your story. Like, it's still a yeah. story, and it can have a negative resolution, but it should still have a resolution. Yeah. Um, and by way of example, mm-hmm. do we have final thoughts? <laughs> My thoughts in the woods. There it is. Um. Are, uh, yeah, I feel like we we hit on it early, kind of like what my thesis is here. It's like it's a game that's super up our alley, um, that I did enjoy a lot. Um, but I think I would have liked it more. Which is this isn't something you can really hold against the game at all. But like I think I would have liked it more if I played it a few years earlier, um, before I played other similar things. Or if I had played it, like, gone into it blind, I probably would have liked it more. But um, all that being said, like, it's still, like, a very good game. Um, and you compared it to Wandersong, which is a game that we were, like, more critical of. And I think it definitely, like, it steps up from that and, like, distinguishes itself as something a little bit more, like, has a little bit more something to say. And it is, like, better executed and is is worth your time. Um and yeah, I'm glad that I played it. I, I really like that it has it's one of these like branching narrative like adventure games that like feels super relaxed. Like it feels like it just wants you to engage with the stuff you want to engage with and doesn't feel like it has that like gotta do everything to get the true ending kind of feel to it, which I like. Felt kinda unique. Um, which and I didn't really like kind of like notice it fully, I think, until we were talking about it. Um, cause yeah. And especially as I was like reading stuff about the game, like the amount of stuff that I didn't do and I didn't feel like I was missing a ton. Um, so I, I think that's an accomplishment, um, that it is just a more like go with the flow kind of experience, um, which I think even like works thematically and everything. Um, yeah, like the game looks great. Um, the music was good. Uh, yeah, I had some problems. It's, yeah, it's, it's got its problems. I thought some of the narrative stuff was messy when it got away from the personal stuff. I uh, didn't think that the cult stuff was particularly well integrated to my tastes. But yeah, there's like a lot of cool stuff in here, a lot of good moments. Um, it's a charming, cartoony art style. It's a lot to like. Um, so yeah, I think it's a very, very good game, but not quite a great one for me. Yep. What are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, that is kind of it, though. I think I, I liked this game, um, and my experience was largely hindered by the fact that 
there are too many other games that do similar things. I think the this like indie adventure game is a medium for narrative now. And the more that it reminds me it's a video game, the more I push back mentally against it. Um, I thought the writing in this game was extremely good. I thought it was genuinely funny. I thought it genuinely had moments of real emotion. And that kind of stuff sticks with you. If you listen back to the podcast, we talked a shitload about the characters, what we felt like characters should have been doing, how we didn't like the way that characters interacted or wish that we could have spent more time with some of them. And you don't have those kinds of uh, thoughts about a game unless they really sell the characters. And the things that it did not sell <laughs> was the rest of the game part of it. Um, and to me, that that is sort of like this game's biggest flaws it's something that felt like a very strong narrative and character-based story and i swear it's the last time i'm saying that word during this final thoughts uh but outside of it it just feels a little bit redundant um (laughs) i i still really liked it i talked about uh what i said during the uh oxen free podcast And yeah, if you aren't somebody who has played every one of this kind of game, this is probably one of the top two that I would recommend to somebody uh, if they're looking for it. And that's kind of where I land. I think it's it's super good. I think it does really great things. But it's not. You shouldn't play it if you're tired of the genre. I guess. (laughs) Maybe we need a self-imposed break. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Thank you for listening to NoClip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. It feels good to say it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We, well, we might potentially have a little sneaky bonus in there where uh, we will be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. For all of you chronic heads out there. <laughs> and we would like to do a full episode on it eventually, but mm-hmm. we, we couldn't squeak it in before 3 came out, which is what our original plan was. Yeah. So we need a baseline of conversation, particularly if you're somebody who hasn't played the games, uh, to kind of like understand what the fuck this is about and then go into the third one uh, with a more complete understanding Uh, So look forward to that being late. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at NoClipPodcast.com or on Splattershot.pro. There you can find our Twitter account, our email, uh, a link to our Discord where you can suggest games for us to talk about. Uh, You can find a link to our YouTube channel and all of our old episodes, uh, like... (laughs) A million of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life is strange. All three of them. <laughs> uh, Wander Oxen free. Oxen free. Kentucky Route Zero. Mm-hmm. You know, narrative adventure games. Narrative adventure games. We got them. Look at that back catalog. You'll be spoiled for choice. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, night. 
you know it would be even scarier than a night in the woods a night in the comment oh. section oh. do a super mario 64 triple jump to smack that bell <laughs> smash that like button ring that bell whatever what if i whatever he gives a shit as long as you jump in Oh, there was something I forgot to say, but it's not that important. But I'll say it to you. This will be a bonus bonus content. This is the bonus content. This is the sentence. Uh, there was a part where she uh, May is describing her um, why she dropped out of college. She never really goes into detail about it. But she's talking about how she's seeing everything as just shapes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, m- the place my brain went to when she first said that is like, did she become self-aware that she's a video game character? <laughs> like, I thought it was going for, like, a she started seeing, like, the code or, like, like her reality as fictional mm-hmm. is the direction I thought it was going to go for a meta thing. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what they were going for. But, like, it really felt like it, like, very intensely when I first read that. Yeah. Uh, and when I described the art style as being lineless, I was like, everybody's just, like, shapes. Yep, everybody's shapes. 